It's time to get cozy and watch a Christmas movie. Cuddle up with a cutie and watch a Christmas movie. It's a podcast in a queer tree. Hello and welcome back to a podcast in a queer tree. It's December 22nd and we're going to talk about Buffy. My name is Nicole. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I'm well enough prepared to talk about a lot of Buffy stuff. Maybe. <laughs> that's that's okay. I'll carry that part for us, both okay. of us. <laughs> yeah, when I was going to say, when Dr. Slip comes back down from putting Nora down for a nap, she she might be able to help. But Oh, yeah. I would welcome a Dr. Slip pop-in so we can talk about Buffy. Oh, also, I Slip and I should probably just hang out so we can talk about Buffy. <laughs> well, yes. Um, you won't get much satisfaction talking about it with me because I only like about a third of the series, so... Ah, uh, okay. And and none of which includes Riley. <laughs> Riley, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, today we are talking about the 2020 Hallmark film Good Morning Christmas, which, if you have not surmised by now, stars Mark Blucas, famous in my household at least for playing Riley on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Mm-hmm. Um, here's a synopsis: Two squabbling TV hosts are sent to a festive small town over Christmas. While pretending to get along for the sake of appearance, they discover there's more to each other than they thought. I have some uh, cast notes before we get going, if if that's all right. Yes, please. Um, So Lucas, of course, is uh, Brian Bright? Brian Bright, yes. Um, Allison Sweeney, who has been in tons of these movies, and I... I think is one of the kind of first wave of Hallmark movie stars. They oh. rec- they recruited her out of Days of Our Lives or whatever show she was on for like 10 years oh. before. She was a soap opera star. Yes. Oh, not just a, she, she was one, one of the big soap opera stars. Okay. Yeah. Um, I made, I made a note to check on the cast list when we started watching this last night because I noticed that the writer was someone named Riley. Oh, God. <laughs> and I just thought that was funny. Yeah. So I looked into it. I wanted to see what other credits they had and stuff. And there is a fascinating story. Oh, um, I can't wait to hear it. Let me just find the IMDb page again. So, yeah, it's Riley Weston. Okay. The name of the screenwriter. Her and she changed her name legally to Riley Weston, um, basically hoping to get more work as an actress because she was very young looking. She started claiming her date of birth was in 1979, not 1966. Wow. 13 years is a significant. Okay. Right. You go, you go, Riley. She began writing for television and films, and after being featured in Entertainment Weekly magazine as a young and cupping, young, up and coming, 19 year old writer. Wow. On the TV series Felicity, which was a big deal at the time. What? I remember. She made a half a million dollar development deal with Disney and was exposed because at that point, of course, someone started vetting her. Like, exposed for lying about her age? But she so was when in they, fact, w- a 32 year old actor. 
and wow. not a 19 year old wunderkind writer so did that like ruin her career at that point uh, I think it definitely fucked her career with Disney anyway. Oh. Um, she was on a very different path there if she was like writing for shows like Felicity. Um, oh, well, I'm I'm sorry for Riley that things went that way, but I guess she wrote Good Morning Christmas. So she sure she's, the, she's the reason we're here today, folks. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, other cast notes. The uh, innkeeper is Jay Brazeau, and I'm sure you've seen him in millions of Hallmark movies. Okay. Um, as well as uh, one of my favorite movies, Going the Distance, which was made by Much Music to promote the Much Music Video Awards. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 wait. No, 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 no. Hold on. Uh-huh. Just to clarify, one of your favorite movies <laughs> is a a promotional film made to promote the much music video awards well when i say promotional it is a movie like it has a story and Uh that stuff but it essentially exists just to like the destination of this road trip movie is the much music video (laughs) (laughs) what year uh, I'm going to say about 2002. <laughs> um, Avril Lavigne is in it. Featured. No! What? I can't oh, yeah. believe I've never heard of this. Oh, Nicole, it is quite a movie. So yeah, okay. Dave Brazo <laughs> is in that movie and he deep throats okay. a zucchini. He deep throats a... Zucchini. Oh, zucchini. Okay, sure. Yeah. Nicole Oliver, who plays the, their producer. Okay. Um she plays Lynn Spears in a movie about Britney Spears called Britney Ever After. <laughs> Britney Ever After. Wow, Scott, you're giving, me a, you're giving me a lot of really amazing uh, film recommendations. Today. I might keep this in the episode just, just so people can be like, oh, I got to check these movies out. Wow. Um, a 2017 biographic, biographical drama television film. I vaguely remember when that came out, too. Um, Kayla Heller, who plays Lexi. Um, oh, my yeah. Only, I basically just wrote, she's great. Give her more to do. Hallmark. Mm. Like, give her her own fucking movie, Hallmark. She's been in right. a couple of these now. Um, and Lexi? Kat Rustin who yeah. Lexi's the one who keeps baking shit. Oh, the waitress. It, yeah, of yeah, course. The waitress. Um, and Kat Rustin, who plays Bright's <clears throat> hot girlfriend, who he's going to have her new show yep. with. Yep. Um, she's a lighting technician. Oh, interesting. And she has been in on dozens of pretty big productions, actually, as a lighting tech. And then I'm guessing about six or seven years ago, someone in the crew or someone looked at her and was like, have you ever thought about acting in something? <laughs> right, because she's like a smoke show. Yeah, um, and yeah. she seems like she would fit in to these movies uh, at least as a supporting actor, if not as a lead. So somebody yeah, sure. finally noticed that, and she's her resume, her acting resume has become a lot more substantial over the last half dozen years as well. Oh. I just thought it was cool Great. that she's, she's like a legit backstage person yeah for, yeah yeah <clears throat> um okay great casting notes are there were there others nope that's it wow very robust yeah. good research yeah. 
Did you get a bingo in this movie? No, and it was so close. I would have um, if it was filmed in Toronto. Oh, yeah. Langley, BC. I figured it must be BC just because of all these character actors that I know. I was like, that's got to be a BC production. I was, I got one line, but if I was uh, one moment of overt homoerotic tension away from getting three lines, it was like at the intersection of two additional lines. I I didn't clock any. I feel like you could make a case for Allison Sweeney and Lexi. Oh yeah. A little like mentor mentee. Except Allison Sweeney is so straight. Like she is. Yeah. She does not give off a gay vibe at all. That's probably the soap opera in her. Yeah, it's like, deeply I'm, not gay. Yeah, she's like, I've got to always be straight. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, so some notable squares that I have uh, in my line. Um, another woman wants that dick, which in this case is Allison Sweeney. Yeah, it's an unusual dynamic. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Dr. Slip kept remarking about how She's like, are we supposed to hate this girlfriend of Mark Lucas's? Because she seems really fine, actually. Like, She seems totally fine. Like, I would even venture to say bland. Yeah. yeah she's... Like, her, her, like, what she's given to do is, like, not scandalous or, like, she's not, like, a shitty female character. She just sort of exists and is, like, trying to, like, wrangle her boyfriend whose attention is wandering clearly and she's like hey i'm making i'm doing all this work to like advance both of our careers and he's like cool 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 i have to go race in this christmas themed thing and she's like wtf but she's like a very reasonable character yeah Yeah, she is i'm gonna have a lot to say later about the realism of how (laughs) producing these shows works i think sure so anyway um i also have sentimental ornament oh well yes yes i believe i gave myself for the stocking making contest well i think you could do it for the little scrolls of wishes as well oh yes the mistletoe sentimental than that the mistletoe wishes of course um and passes the bechdel test because lexi and uh, melissa have all of these mentor conversations about food and presentations yep and were there any degrassi alum in this movie scott not that i know of i did have that square i didn't bother Mm -hmm. checking because it wouldn't have made a difference for me um Um, bc was also on my card which i was very pleased about because oh well you lucked out there filmed in bc okay so this movie opens on the show which is called Bright and Mary, which is coincidentally the last names of the two hosts, Brian Bright and Melissa Mary. Yeah. (laughs) They're setting us up for success right from the start. I I feel like Slip and I were both in agreement that Mark Blucas is like a little bit typecast in the sense that he always just kind of plays a version of himself as like this wholesome Midwest former athlete bro who's like jokey and funny and kind of an asshole the former jock is a real type yeah and one that he plays convincingly because it's his life yeah because he is a former. so 
Yeah. And like he's in like Brian in this movie is a dick. Like he is not a nice guy. Even in the first scene when we open on the show, he like goes off script. He's like not following the teleprompter because he keeps pushing Melissa to like improvise, improvise, stop preparing so much, stop being prepared. And like, even though she's like that, I'm not comfortable with that. That's like not how I work. It's not what I want to do. She He keeps like throwing her these curveballs live on the air yeah. and like fucking up her like her like work life. I have a lot to say about this because uh, I, I just feel like this whole show is a toxic work environment, frankly. Yeah, for sure. Um, he is a dick to Allison Sweeney. Their producer is the fucking worst. Um, you want to do your producer rant now? I'm sure. Ready. I mean, just just in general, she's always springing stuff on them that she didn't tell them about, yeah. including some stuff like it's not just them. It's their entire crew being inconvenienced mm-hmm. by this producer being like, hey, guess what? We're all going down to nowhere, Maine for a week. Right. Right after Christmas Eve. Hope you didn't like have any B- plans. BT dubs. <laughs> yeah. We're going to shoot yeah. your last episode there. Mm-hmm. Um, the network has not told his co-host, Allison Sweeney that he is leaving the whole thing is just so ridiculous like, he just wants out of his contract because yeah, he's got an he's, opportunity his, for this other show i guess but his strategy to do that is like in the meeting they have in the office right after this first scene on the show jennifer the producer is like we're releasing you from your contract because the two of you can't get along and i'm like i don't like it seems like a low bar like i feel like in real life they would be like get your shit together like the ratings are high we don't give a shit if you like each other like you don't always like your co-work you don't always like your co-workers right like what in what other situation in a work life can you be like i want to be released from this like work uh responsibility because i'm squabbling with my co-worker it's like put on your big boy pants and deal with it it's a fucking job yeah The, my one of my very first notes is this is the number one show in the USA <laughs> um, because that just seems incredible but it's it's a morning show so yeah it's a morning show that's the bar that they're talking about um, it's, it's also Regis called Bright- Kathy Lee type show yeah um, it's also called Bright and Merry which Bright I'm like would Mary. you want to watch a show called Bright and Merry in July you're like I don't feel festive Fuck yeah uh, Dr. Slope <laughs> remarked on that as well she's like what do they call it like year round like yeah exactly <laughs> um, so I just I will have one more note a baffled note while they're filming the show hmm. um, so we learn that he's not a Christmas guy Brian doesn't like Christmas mm-hmm. and then the segment i think the segment or the like interruption that he makes on the air and goes off script is to talk about your ideal christmas date to which i ask what is a christmas date Mm. his is going to the beach sure i love a beach still i ask what is a christmas date and also a christmas wish comes up again people write in and tell us tag us on the internet in one of our many platforms what the sweet fuck is a christmas wish i think that's something that hallmark is trying to make happen yes they're trying to make christmas wish happen and i am resistant stop trying to make it happen netflix stop trying to make christmas wish happen (laughs) not gonna happen exactly poor gretchen wieners 
Um, she, she turned out okay. She turned out okay. She's a Hallmark sweetheart. Yeah, she's doing great. <laughs> um, so yes, then there's this office season scene because Brian is literally never prepared and Melissa is always over-prepared in Brian's eyes, even though she's just good at her job and very professional. Yeah, and I think as Dr. Slip and I discussed in the her brief pop-in, uh, Riley Finn as a character on Buffy is intimidated by strong independent women and I think Brian feels on some level intimidated by Melissa because she's very professional and he's like you should be less professional and be more jovial like me and she's like fuck you I'm a professional I was confused when we started watching this because I had forgotten like we saw a clip from this in way back in the preview episode Mm -hmm. and we were like oh shit this is gonna be great um And I had forgotten that in that preview clip, uh, he talks about how he had been a contestant on The Bachelor, basically. Yep. Or The Bachelor. And that's how he... Whichever one. That's how he met his his current girlfriend. Is it? Okay. She was like a bachelorette yep. and that's how they... Yeah. That's how they um, met. But I had forgotten all that when we started watching this. So when he, when he clearly has issues with Christmas... Mm-hmm. In, in that taping i wrote down dark secret <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was like what why doesn't he like christmas what happened yep and well and we find out there is a bit of a dark it's not a dark secret but there is like a reason i don't remember what it is <laughs> he, grew up, he, he grew up poor spoiler oh, well alert. yeah sure yeah that, that's that's true yeah he did yeah um so then we learn that uh christy i think the girlfriend's name is i don't think we know that at this point but we learn her name later is christy so christy and brian are going to cancun for christmas um and melissa's on the phone with her sister kate complaining about brian and how he just wants to get out of his contract right and this is where i have a note so then we we have a line that made me LOL a little bit when Melissa's at her sister's house. I think they're like wrapping gifts or making cookies or whatever they're, they're doing. They're wrapping presents, yeah. We learn, this is where we learn that Brian is like an ex-football star. Right. Um, and Melissa says, him quitting is the best Christmas gift I could possibly get. Right, yes. She's tired of Which, his bullshit. She's tired of his bullshit. And then the next morning, we're back on set. And this is where we learn Jennifer, the producer, springs it on everyone that the town of Mistletoe, Maine, seasonal small town name, um, has won the Deck Your Town with Bright and Mary contest. And for seven days this year, instead of the former, I think it was just one. Just one. um, Seven days, Brian and Melissa have to go down there for the full week of christmas themed activities and they're like what and she's like enjoy your trip and then we're there in mistletoe maine yeah it's a it's a classic classic hallmark movie like we're not even 10 minutes in and and they've yeah they've moved everything they're already in yep exactly (laughs) gotta get that exhibition in real quick yeah um so we meet stan and Ginny, who are the mayor and the innkeeper respectively um who Mm. you mentioned earlier stan is a a famous well-known actor for other things Um, are they married brian and melissa in this movie they are yeah they're a couple right yeah 
I thought so. So he's the mayor and she runs the inn. I mean, obviously they both own the inn together, um, but she's the one mostly working there. And their bedrooms, Melissa and Brian's bedrooms have Christmas trees. Oh, this part was funny. Brian is like, oh, we're going to be filming in a barn. Um, and he's all like grossed out about that. In real life, Mark Blucas is a farmer. Yeah, I was going to he, say, like, he's got a I big I don't know farm. if he like runs. Yeah, he like has like a goat farm. Like he has baby goats and does. chickens and has like does. a hobby farm. Yeah. yeah, of course he does. Of course he does. I mean, his goats are very cute. I would visit Mark Lucas's farm to hang out with those goats. Oh, we should we should let him know there's a bit of an opportunity there. So Please. when they get there, this part of the movie gets a little confusing because Mary has a meet cute with this handsome Joe guy who uh is the son of the mayor and innkeeper i wasn't real clear on that yes it was confusing he is the deputy mayor oh he is okay yes so he's not related but he does work with stan yeah he's always he seems to be always around there so i assumed maybe he was their son um so yeah it seems like there's another love interest for mary at the beginning i was like oh well maybe it's not going to be that kind of movie because they, they clearly yeah. seem to hate each other, but... Yeah, totally. Silly me. Yeah. <laughs> Aw. They had you going for a second. For a second. Yeah. Um, I wrote his name down somewhere, but I can't find it right now. But uh, it doesn't matter. That... And then uh, Ginny, the innkeeper, has made reservations at Mistletoe on Main. Uh, well, yeah, Bright asked about dinner because they got there late or whatever. Um, And she assumed that he meant for both of them. Well, this is what he claims. I think that he asked Ginny to make them both a reservation together. And then. Why though? Because do you think he wanted to talk to her for some reason? Yeah, I think he, I think he wants to like, I think he wants them to like each other. I think that uh, Melissa is like annoyed by him and thinks he which he is like unprofessional and a pain in the ass to work with and i think that brian is like a golden retriever who doesn't understand why someone doesn't like him well that's probably true and i think he's like i'm gonna make us a sneaky dinner reservation together so that i we can like be in a casual situation so that i can charm her into Mm. liking me because i don't think he likes not being liked no i think you're probably right yeah that's my read but you don't think there's any um, romantic intent at that point. I seem it feels too early. Yeah. Yeah, it feels too early. What do you think? I think it's too early for romance. Oh, I I think so too. Um yeah, I guess I just didn't I, I took it at face value basically when mm, when he told right. her I just asked for a reservation and but now I feel like I've got to tell you about it. Otherwise people will think it's weird if you don't go. Right, because a big part of, of this is that they have to keep up appearances for some while reason. they're in mistletoe because they're like celebrities. Like people are like constantly asking for their photo, recognizing them. They're always yeah. saying hi to people. And the producer is like, you two need to get along while you're here. Like, I don't give a shit if you are fighting. You need to like show this town that you like each other because that's your job. Anyway. So the restaurant, we, we go to the restaurant and this is where we meet Lexi for the first time. I love her. Uh, she's she's a waitress at the restaurant, and 
Melissa is like, we should rehearse for our show tomorrow, for our taping tomorrow. And Brian says, no, we're spontaneous and it works. And I'm like, fuck you. You, it works because Melissa is always so prepared and is saving your butt on this show. I mean, all they have to do is read a teleprompter. (laughs) All they, all they really have to do. And that's probably the most aggravating thing about Bright is that Mm. he thinks he's better when he's being extemporaneous, Mm -hmm. but he's not. Mm. (laughs) Um, Well, and I think he can introducing a weird energy into what's supposed to be a pretty like unoffensive, unremarkable morning chat show. Well, and I think he's only thriving, like he can only be the free spirit because she's so prepared. Like if both of them, if both of them were like freewheeling, spontaneous, unprepared idiots, the show would be chaos and they would be fired. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Hello. (laughs) Welcome to that morning show that I just described. And it's like, they're only successful because she is carrying it and he gets to like thrive amidst the like spontaneous fun chaos because she's the one anchoring the show and his perspective which i think he says at least a couple times is that because they don't they clearly don't get along Mm -hmm. that's better for the ratings if there's that tension between them so he feels like he shouldn't change because it's working. Of course and got, not. And they've got the number one show. So yeah, it's, it's working for him. Yeah, it's working for him. He doesn't him. want to change anything. Yeah, obviously. it's toxic for her. And the yeah. network is like, oh, well, whatever. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And he's like, this is great for me. I don't have to make any adjustments or change anything about myself. Um. So yeah. then M- Melissa does this thing that I, I mean, obviously she's like, deeply annoyed she's like i didn't plan on going out for dinner with you instead like she's supposed to be watching she's supposed to be watching co-host tapes she's got work to do so she starts working at the restaurant which i'm like "Mm, you can chill for a second like i get it but i'm also like you're kind of working right now by being out in public in this small town with your co-host just it's a power play it's a bit of a power play which is fine Um, my note here is stop shaming mary for working hard bright yeah Um, i mean he does that's that's definitely a theme constantly shaming her for working so hard yeah like i mean everything you basically haven't worked at all to get where you are exactly i mean you actually know he worked very hard as an athlete and he keeps talking about that sure but then like that star status got him a job in reality tv and he's just been riding that ever since exactly like fuck you dude it's not your dream to be a broadcaster clearly yeah why don't you go into the sports broadcasting like every other ex-football star yeah clearly stop, that's what he wants to do and stop bothering this poor woman there's no teleprompter in sports that's clearly what he wants oh well um, there is but like it's it would be something he's probably it, he'd be surrounded with more jackasses like himself ugh just... I, my note that segues nicely into my last note in this restaurant scene he is such an interrupter like he just talks over her all the time and I hate it so much it's it just like grates on my brain oh it's just the fucking worst I made it's that just... note too 
it's something I try to be mindful of doing this show, obviously, because I, I know I do it. It's a real problem for guys. Um, but I, I think it can work when you have a dynamic, like I, I like feel a, ban works, a bantery dynamic. Yeah, like I feel it works reasonably well for us, and we've also got the the added wrinkle of Zoom. Kind of sometimes there's delays and, and other shit. You just kind of do the best you can. Mm -hmm. But he is live on air with a co-host, and who is trying to read a prompter. Yeah, and he's just like, blah, 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 like, yeah. you fucking dick. Why aren't you fired already? I, like, that's such a good question because they're it, number one for some reason. Well, he must have had a real. He must have been really popular on his season or something like people yeah, really totally. want to watch him on yep. like this 45 year old bachelor contestant oh my god <laughs> so brutal he's not exactly your typical bachelor contestant i mean i i haven't really watched the bachelor but i i don't think they are typically guys like him i, I, I honestly really, i honestly I really don't, don't know either yeah i've only ever seen clips of the bachelor referenced on other things i've never watched a full episode yeah um, so then the next morning, it's their first day filming in the barn, uh, in mistletoe. The barn is very cute. It's very atmospheric. Nice um, it's very festive. Yes. It's a very cute set. Yeah. Um, they have to wear ugly Christmas sweaters for the day. Um, this is also where we meet Tyler, who oh. is just a rando townsperson who shows up on the set. Oh my God. And, uh, Jennifer, Jennifer mistakes him for someone and he's like no no i'm just a big fan like i want to be a producer someday and jennifer sort of like squints at him and she's like fine stay close and don't talk i'm not going to talk on behalf of the black community but if i saw that scene and was like this poor young man has just been mistaken for someone from craft services oh that's what it was fuck off yeah i was like fuck you i already kind of hated this lady for how she was like forcing her talent and crew to do random shit that she hasn't told yeah. them about including wearing like the christmas cardigans all day like yeah. what are these why does she keep pulling these weird little power moves on people yeah so i know that we're meant to think oh how nice he's getting a an opportunity and she's really cool for letting him do this i mean it's it's fine if she wants to do that i guess but she doesn't know anything about him. She doesn't know if he has any credentials or training or anything. Yeah. He, he could be like, he is literally just a rando who shows up with a cup of coffee and is like, I'm a big fan of yours. How do you even know who the fuck she is, dude? She's a monster. You find she, it you she's better. She's a producer on a morning show. Like yeah. every once in a while, if it's anything like the old Regis and Kathy Lee show where they had their producer Gelman, who was kind of off to the side and always like, neatly dressed and every once in a while they'd be like eh, what does gelman think of that they'd like throw to him oh okay would, so there actually were fans of gelman it is theoretically possible that somebody knows this knows about this producer okay but that is not the norm by any means like, right sure normally those people are behind the camera and you never ever hear who they are or what they do i mean um, i think that it's very reasonable for us as white people to be like jennifer treats tyler the only black character who has lines in this movie like shit like 
this situation, like her being like, stay close and don't talk is like pretty, like, is like a bit haunting in terms of like the treatment of black people by white people in North America. The way that this line should have been written is for Jennifer to be like, this isn't a good time. Like you can sit back there and watch for today and we can have a conversation about what it looks like for me to mentor you for the next seven days after this shot is shot is shoot is done. But instead she's like, stay close and don't talk. And I'm like, that is, that doesn't, it doesn't land well. It's like really rough. It, it, and it's also, I mean, it's, it's silly, I guess, for me to continue harping on about how, TV does not work this way. Like, <laughs> it really grinds it, your gears, eh? <laughs> it does. It, it's because yeah. I'm just like, when you're when you're the screenwriter and you're writing this stuff, you know how it works. Sure. So so what are you making this shit up for? Like, yep. The, you, stop being so goddamn lazy and come up with some other way to get these poor token characters into the movie, since you clearly feel you need to do so. They got to get that those diversity numbers. Got to check give, that box. Give them something substantial to do. Or if you're at least if you are going to just shoehorn them in here and not really think about it, at least don't insult them. Like the the thing yeah. with the craft services mistake. Yeah. So rough. So we wind up with two people of color, Lexi and Tyler. Is his name <clears throat> Tyler? Who are being mentored by two white women in this yeah. movie, and I'm just like. Um, so then at the, at the end of their, um, episode or their shoot of this day, Melissa slips up and says something about like this, like on our last show. Um, and then Brian saves her by like picking that up and being like in mistletoe. Because she's sort of like strongly implied that it's their last show like ever. And of course, she's not supposed to have done that yet. Yeah. Um, so then Brian is like, yes, in mistletoe, we are here for a short time. They have to build a gingerbread house and it's All a right. contest. Yeah. I don't know that anything else happens in that scene. I just not like, it's I a recall. contest. Yeah. It's they're just bu- like there's there's a bunch of scenes like this where the whole purpose i think is just for blucas and sweeney to gaze at each other and be like maybe they're not so bad yeah i can kind or of at least things it... from their perspective maybe i don't need, need to be a big fucking jerk all the time or in like or this early example is like them to work together and it to go badly like they're it's like a team building exercise and they're bad at it because they don't like each other exactly yeah um the next morning everyone recognizes them in town uh because they're celebrities for some reason um melissa wants to call a truce she's like we need we just need to like get this week over with in the like least painful most professional way possible to which brian responds amicably and says it's the fourth quarter which i think to people who understand sports means something it, I'm assuming based on context, it means that he agrees to weigh in. Oh, this is also where we find out that he went, Melissa has a little bit of a rant. She like calls him out a little bit. She's like, you've had it so easy. Like you haven't really had to work for this. You went from 
a foot being a football player you got free college because of that you mm -hmm. got a free ride at college because of football and then after college he went on this bachelor reality show where he met christy and then after the bachelor reality show decided for some reason that he wanted to become a morning host and just did it yeah um and he's sort of like oh you think i've never had to work for anything meow 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 um which like is fair you know it takes work to be a football player and you have to like do stuff but like he hasn't had to like fight for any of these opportunities which i, I think, think he is... figures i think his logic is you know kind of friday night Lights style he paid his dues to be a professional football player and that's the hardest thing he'll ever do so being on something like uh, well i don't agree with that necessarily but i think that's yeah that's attitude. the logic um, from yeah. his perspective, he's probably correct uh, for himself. Like it, being in the NFL would be infinitely harder than being on the back. Sure. <laughs> but, yeah. But, it, but that doesn't mean it's not work and that he shouldn't respect other people's work who are trying to do it professionally. Well, yeah, totally. And I also think there's a difference between like working hard at the opportunity you're given and fighting for opportunities. Like that's the piece he's never had to do. He's never had to like work to get these opportunities. Like sure, being a professional athlete is fucking hard. Not something I will ever experience and understand. It's like very demanding. Um, but like he had this football career because he like had talent in that. He went to college for free. He didn't have to like make sure he achieved certain grades because he got in on his athletic abilities he didn't have to get student loans for that he didn't have to like break into the entertainment industry because he just got given this chance you know he's just been like handed opportunities mm. um and we learn later that melissa like the reason that she's so prepared all the time is because she has a lot of hard feelings about having failed being underprepared for a past uh job and oh, having that right. have been yeah, like that a kind failure of blew by me. and a black mark. That kind of blew by me. And, yeah, and I was, I don't I think... was confusing this show that they're making with the real shows like Regis and Kathy Lee. And um, those shows have been on for like literally years. So my assumption when this movie started was, oh, he's just the latest new host to be rotated in. And she's been at it for a while. But then later on, it seems as if they both started the show at the same time. That was my impression too. Which? Um, yeah. But and so she will continue on though. That's why she has to keep watching all these co-host tapes. Yeah, she's He's getting leaving. a new co-host. But, yeah, but, exactly. but I guess my point was I, I, I misunderstood that he wasn't just the latest in a series of co-hosts. Right. He was her first co-host, I'm guessing, on I, this show. I think so. We're not told differently. Way. Yeah. No, yeah. It so, seems which like means the show... they haven't been on. They've only been on for like a year. Yeah, there's. It's a confuse. It's just a real confusing dynamic to me because if they've both only been on this show for like a year, they've got the number one morning show in network TV, which certainly doesn't mean what it used to, but I'm sure it's not bad. Sure. Um, and yet the network is like, oh, you want to go do this other show? Sure. We're sick yeah. of dealing with you yeah like, totally what a, what a toxic set that must have been why isn't why is that producer still working there for one thing <laughs> like that is her job that's why it is the way it is like anyway yep um so we find out in the evening later that evening 
I think Melissa's having a FaceTime with her sister and she's like really afraid of the show losing ratings after Brian leaves. And then Lexi comes by and drops off some risotto that she made. And it's this very awkward transition. I understand it had to happen this way, but like she just stands there while Melissa like opens it and starts eating. And it's like so uncomfortable. Yeah. It like made my skin crawl. I was like, I would, I don't want to be either of these people having watching someone eat like this or being the only person in a room while someone stares at me while I'm eating is so uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, so the, the risotto was amazing. And Melissa is like, you should be a chef. And Lexi's like, oh, like I'm, I'm feeling like too shy, too afraid to talk to my bosses about that. And Melissa's like, while I'm here, you bring me anything you cook and I will help you like sales pitch to your bosses about moving up in the restaurant. Yeah. Hey, waitress making minimum wage in a small town diner. Why don't you become my personal chef? Yeah. And when we're done, I'll, you know, give you a good rating in uh, Foursquare or something. Wait, Foursquare. It's like quite, I'm like, I don't, like Melissa, sure, skilled in like helping Lexi like refine her presentation skills. Absolutely. Yeah. Like being a confident public speaker and presenter. Yes. But it's like giving good feedback the, on the food, like I guess. But like what the fuck does Melissa know about food? Your guess is good as mine. Yeah. She, she likes oh, to eat. James is the deputy mayor. That's his name. James. 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 Sure. James. Generic James. Generic James. Exactly. Generic James. Um, oh, now I have written down on the next day on the show, Tom is now an unpaid producer's assistant. His name might be Tom. It's either Tom oh, or I Tyler. Was, I thought it was Tyler. Okay, let's go with Tyler. Yeah. I guess I could look it up, but we're if we both think it's Tyler, then it's Tyler. So Tyler is now just an unpaid producer's assistant. Uh, yep. He's like fully working on the set, which seems yep. like a good opportunity for him, but Break, is also... Breaking, breaking union rules. He's a PA, uh, yep. even though they already have PAs. One with not them. enough. Um, and not only is he a PA, he's like her right hand, yep. which I'm pretty sure she already would have or should have. So where the fuck is that guy? He's getting someone else coffee. I guess so. So uh, Brian and Melissa have to participate in the three-legged wreath race, <laughs> yes. which they just find out moments before. Yeah, of course. Which is a three-legged race where their legs and waists are tied together by wreaths. I think you're I think you're burying the lead a bit on this race. Oh how long is tell this me race, what... Nicole? Oh, I don't even remember. It's a two-mile race. <laughs> no! What? Yeah. The wreath race is two miles? Isn't that like five kilometers? <laughs> No, it's it's like three kilometers, but yeah, it's a That's long. That's fucking crazy! <laughs> it's very long. I can't even walk three kilometers without taking a break. Oh my god! Wow, they, I did. And they fall like immediately. Immediately, <laughs> she falls on top of him, <laughs> and they have a little cute scene there. But yeah, I don't know why they bothered to be like, "Yep, it's a two mile, <laughs> two mile race." I didn't even, I didn't clock that in the slightest. I'm so glad you told me that. It's 
a strange detail for that, sure. That is lunacy. Like even yeah. 500 meters. Yeah, that is would be very long. Very long. Yeah. Normally it's like maybe 100. Um, so yes, they have this cute moment after immediately falling at the race. I have a note in quotations, soft landings. His life is so easy. I think he like <laughs> makes a comment about like, ah, always somewhere let soft to land. And I'm like, wow. No, she the says that. Oh, she says that. She says that about, about him. And I was like, man, that's a bit of a dick thing to say too. But I mean, he deserves it sure yeah okay she says that That's she lands odd. on top of him and she's like oh you must right. be used to soft landings like this what with oh okay that's why right what because with... his life has been like so easy yeah what with the easy life you've had and he's like fuck you lady <laughs> yeah a little bit like i'm like yeah that might be true but i'm like tone it down honestly yeah. Yeah. um so then back at the inn lexi has brought melissa some cupcakes right. and they're and they're amazing yeah, they're hanging out in her room afterward, agreeing that their on-air chemistry is better now that they rehearse. <laughs> yes, like, so so then, yes, Brian offers to rehearse with Melissa. I think they're outside the inn at this point. And Melissa's like, oh my God, like what a breakthrough. This is amazing. Can't rehearse because James is taking me to the Christmas festival. Oh, right. So then this is where we meet Christmas wishes, mistletoe wishes on the tree for the first time. Um, yeah, is this the tree lighting? This, yes, this is the tree lighting. Yeah. And so and he, the- And he's wearing his like white cable Chris Evans knives out sweater. Yes. He also like plays a quote fun trick on her. I think I've mentioned this before, but I really hate pranks. Pranks mm -hmm. is just lying. It's not funny. No. Um, he tricks her so he sees James and Melissa like having a cute time across the like square of the Christmas fest and then sends Brian sends Melissa a text being like where are you Jennifer's mad and looking for you which Melissa's oh, obviously right. like oh my god like James I'm so sorry I have to end our date That's my right. producer's mad at me and she like ditches him and runs over to Brian and she's like where's Jennifer and Brian's like I can't believe you fell for that yeah what a dickhead what a dickhead I forgot about that fuck that guy so then yes then there's the tree lighting which they're doing on camera blah 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 and then we go to the inn where they have rehearsed and Brian is like great right Yes, exactly. They have like a fun, cute time. The tree has a remote control for some reason. I think for the lights. I think that is a thing. But do, do you suppose there's a bit of product placement right here? Do you suppose these ornaments are made by a certain company called Hallmark? Oh, interesting. Hallmark I, Christmas ornaments in I a Hallmark started, movie. I started to wonder about that a little bit because that decorating scene seemed to go on for a while. And I was like, for too, mm. slightly too long yeah i've never thought about that but i bet that is in every hallmark movie they're decorating with hallmark I've, ornaments i've started to wonder about that now yeah and i i bet sometimes when people watch the movies they're like oh that's a cute ornament i wonder where it came from we i think we all know where it came from yep. fuck yeah okay and i'll good, bet good that catch. the ornament division probably sends like uh a summary down is like here's our hot new ornaments make sure you get these in on your next movie or whatever for sure yeah 100 percent. oh god call me hallmark wow. i got lots of good ideas. <laughs> scott wants to talk ideas 
<laughs> synergy. synergy. <laughs> um, so after the tree lighting in the in the in room, like Mark Lucas, uh, sorry, Brian presses the button on the remote. I you you said that you think this is a thing. I've never seen a remote control for a Christmas tree before. Oh, well, that's definitely a thing, but it's okay. it's been it's been kind of a joke thing in the movies in the past, thanks to National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. It's very where confusing. Chevy Chase like wires his entire house with lights and sure. then puts it on a remote so that they can have like the dramatic moment where he knocks the power out for the entire neighborhood or whatever. But um, I feel like this was more on the like these lights are controlled by the internet. Oh, that is like, absolutely like they're like that is Wi-Fi lights. Yeah, 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 that's absolutely a thing. Um. And Brian is feeling sentimental. He's looking at the tree and he gets a little bit emotional. But yeah, because um, it, it seems like he probably hasn't really ever had what most people would think of as a nice Christmas by the sounds of it. Between I, growing up poor and then just being busy with the football career or whatever. Like, Yeah. Although you'd think when he was a pro football player, he could have afforded whatever kind of Christmas he wanted. But. I would assume so but then are his parents genuine christmas is maybe what really appeals to him yeah for sure yeah i can't yeah anyway i don't think they really discuss his family or parents or anything do they i don't remember i I can't see a note um where his parents come up but just that like he had like a hard childhood because like he grew up poor and his parents I think at least his dad was around. I can't remember, but I think they like tried their best, but you know, it was sort of a like, yeah. you know, it was like, a, it was a hard time. Um, I, have, I didn't I write have down a note here because, because they do, they discuss that a little bit, I think, because Mary is, she's like really, she becomes really invested in trying to make bright love Christmas despite his yep. poor upbringing. Um, and my note here, just that it feels like Hallmark is, skimming a genuine social issue again without actually dipping into it um at this point christy also shows up at the inn um i think by surprise so but she's not staying at the inn and she also hates christmas she's there because she's got some stuff for him to sign and it, yeah. she couldn't uh couldn't fax it i guess or email it or um no nope. she had to drive the it fax machine the, the fax machine at the inn is down <laughs> yeah probably because it doesn't exist likely um so then we're we're in the barn and it's still evening um melissa is working late and Ginny like brings her some coffee and then is like i have a direct decoration collection would you like to see it oh, right. and and then they go into where the decorations are kept and there's also a carriage chekhov's carriage yes. again chekhov's carriage again um which was the carriage was the site of Stan and Ginny's first date, mm-hmm. but it's currently quote not working. Oh right, which is not explained. I'm sure so there are Luke, lots of ways that Lucas a carriage gets could... in under it at one point, right? And he's like checking out. Isn't he like trying to diagnose yeah, yeah. how to get it working again? Yeah, that happens. But I'm like, I don't like you know. I'm not a mechanic. I don't know that a mechanic is needed to fix carriage because it oh, maybe a, have maybe a woodworker of some kind yeah sure a, a wheelwright or something but anyway yeah. brian wants to f- quote fix the carriage i don't know um the next day oh this is the skating scene 
Um, they are wearing funny hats. I wrote down that Brian's hat, even without the funny decorations on it, is the quintessential douche hat. It's amazing. He can't skate. Um, oh, this is where he reveals to Melissa that he grew up in poverty and he his family couldn't afford Christmas. So right. he just like learned to like not engage with Christmas. A very reasonable response, I would say. Yeah. Um, Christy brings coffee to the skating rink to try and talk to him. Um, but he is too engrossed in the skating and melissa is supposed to submit her top three choices for co-host right there, there's a bit somewhere in here about one of your pet peeves uh which is a christmas carol dance <laughs> whatever the fuck that is who like tell me i i want to know listeners write in tell us my other note here just is god no one cares about your football career Lucas. Because I think you must talk about it more when they're skating. Oh, no doubt. The next scene is the stocking party. So this takes place at the restaurant. Is that where they're and making cookies? Is, they, no, they're decorating stockings. Okay. And it's a contest. And the winner with the oh, best right. decorated stocking will win the mistletoe wreath. Yeah, and Christy is still trying to talk to him. Yes, Christy is like, very reasonably like, sorry, like, babe, I'm shooting a show here. I've got to do this. Or, or they're not yeah. shooting a show. They're just participating like with the town on, in their event. Yeah. But Christy's also like, I am trying to communicate with you. And he's like, cool, 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 cool. Talk to you later. Yeah. She's like, look, I, I need to get this shit signed so that we can continue planning our new show. And he's like, yeah, cool, cool, cool. But the thing is, Joan needs me to write this proposal first. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I was very charmed by, um, Brian's stocking decoration. Oh, it's really? a football. football. Oh my God. It was so cute. It was cute. It was so cute. And I think at um, one point in that scene, the townspeople are, are basically prepared to award the prize to the two of them. Oh, and they win. I think they win. Right. And they do. Yeah. And Sweens is like oh, come on up and, and we'll get our prize together. And he's like, I've actually got to talk to the my girlfriend. Yeah, <laughs> so he, but then he's a, like... He makes an excuse that she's like, you know what, it's not appropriate for us to win your town prize. Like, we're guests here. Why don't you award yeah. it to somebody from the town and we'll, we'll uh, go from there. But in, so like th that does happen. Christy and Brian are like having a conversation in the back and Christy's finally able to be like, I got us our own reality show. And he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. But he's like not listening. He's, he's watching Lexi and her announcement about who won the fucking stalking contest. And he's like, yeah, cool, babe. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. But he's like, just like, he doesn't care at all. He's like not listening to Christy in any way. Christy should probably be watching very closely how he interacts with Mary. It's so obnoxious. But I mean, Chris um, so like, yes, she should probably be noticing these changes in Brian. But like after a year, Brian should also be like, hey, my feelings are starting to change. Like, well, I didn't mean for changes. I just meant how poorly he treats his co-star. Oh, yeah. That's a red flag for sure. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. 
Um, I suspect this... maybe actually she's already got it in her mind. Like I'm going to dump this chump halfway through this first season. Yeah, it'll probably and then, and then it'll be my show. Like, yeah. yeah, you go, Christy. Yeah, smart, smart move, Christy. The stocking party is also an inexplicable Christmas-themed thing where Melissa and Brian make a Christmas bet. I don't know what a Christmas bet is. I guess it's just a bet you make on Christmas. It's, it's sort like of like a Christmas how, wish, but it, it's like how everything you do on your birthday is birthday themed. Like you have birthday eggs, you have a birthday nap, mm. whatever. Yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah. they make a Christmas bet, and she Christmas has to. Bet. He has to say that Brian is the best co-host ever. What, what do you suppose Vegas gives on odds for Christmas bets typically? Um, like three to one quite bad i would think because i think a christmas bet probably always has a like positive conclusion outcome yeah outcome yes exactly yeah if anybody out there Um, is an inveterate gambler and would like to (laughs) give us some tips on handicapping christmas bets give us some insight we gotta we gotta earn some big bucks (laughs) we can start we can start a whole like Instead of a Christmas gift registry, like a Christmas bet registry, we just, <laughs> we just skim a little. I think you're talking about a gambling ring, Scott, <laughs> which if we're going to organize, I think we should not do on the air. <laughs> mm. Yeah, you're right. We'll talk off offline. We'll talk offline. Yeah. Zoom will oh, turn us in at the I'll, drop of a hat. <laughs> I'll message you on LinkedIn. <laughs> We'll find some investors there. A podcast in a queer tree would like to start a new enterprise with you. <laughs> um, so then we're in the barn. Stan and Brian are fixing the carriage together. This is where Brian like gets under like a mechanic yeah. to like look underneath the carriage. <laughs> it's like, oh, here's your problem. It's the carburetor. Yeah, it's it's the alternator. Fuck, this carriage <laughs> needs a new transmission. The clutch is busted. <laughs> You're really riding the clutch on this thing. <laughs> yeah, grind it till you find it. Am I right? Um, <laughs> what, what, is that a driving thing? That... Yeah, grind it till you find it. If you're like grinding your gears. <laughs> it sounds very sexual. It's very sexual. I know. That's why I like saying it so much. It has nothing to do with sex. Wow. Um, so they're well. having... <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> wow oh, sorry. i'm sorry nicole i keep going off script <laughs> <laughs> i'm so prepared scott you won't even you won't even rehearse with me oh, i'm sorry it's better this way our energy we're better when we improve <laughs> you you don't need it nicole you don't need the prompter <laughs> for listeners who can't see i'm just silently giving scott the middle finger right now oh um, also, LOL at the idea that we rehearse these episodes in any way. We don't know if we're better when we improvise because it's literally all we do. Um, Wait, you don't rehearse? <laughs> I watch the movies. That's the only rehearsing that I can manage. <laughs> Wait, you watch the movie? <laughs> oh, no. Oy. Wow. Good thing it's December 22nd. Hey, we're really starting. Mm, yes, that's right. Um, so on the show the next day, they're wearing surfer shirts um, mm. that were Brian's idea. He's starting to get into the Christmas spirit, though a little misguidedly. 
Um, and they announced that a pipe has burst in the town center and all of the Christmas gifts for the children have been lost. So they do a public call out. She calls him the best co-host that she's ever had. And then in quotes, I have only Santa knows. I don't know what that means. Hmm. A pipe Those burst. Why were all the why were all the gifts for the children in some central location on the ground where they could um, ruined by a burst pipe? You know, ruined by a. I'm a little concerned about this town. <laughs> they don't seem to be very highly functioning. No. Was this town just constructed for this movie? Like. <laughs> Did they make up Mistletoe, Maine? <laughs> Mistletoe, Maine, yeah. They're like, surely they can't say no to a seasonal name like that, right? Mm. Um, um, did I imagine this or does it seem, I think I think it's from one of the scenes in like the, the Christmas uh, village that they've got set up in the town that everyone just kind of wanders around when they're not shooting something. Mm-hmm. Did it seem to you as if Lexi and Tyler were being positioned as some kind of couple? Or are they just hanging oh. out because they're the only two people of color in town? Or I don't remember that, but that, like, I'm not remember. I didn't write any notes about it, but I do have a memory in my mind of I think a it's scene. That same scene where Mary goes on her first little walk with James. James. Yeah, and Tyler and I Lexi think they, like, are like. Them. They're like having a cute time together, aren't they? Yeah. Right. I don't know. They don't really explore that further, I don't think. Well, doesn't Lexi say something around that time or maybe afterward about how, I think she says something like, oh, that Tyler guy is cute. I've never met him before. I've never seen him around. I'm like, you're in Mistletoe, Maine, and you've never seen (laughs) the only black man in town? (laughs) You've never noticed? Anyway. That is a bit odd. Maybe, maybe I'm not going to try and unpack their story. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I just thought that was strange. Yeah. Um. So then Lexi brings Melissa some muffins in her room. Naturally. And naturally, and oh my god, I actually was very charmed by this like goofy golden retriever bro moment that Brian has, where he's in his room. I think he's wrapping a gift, singing a metal version of Jingle Bells course he is yeah i know it's a little eye rolly but i Ugh. i like when i think about a like real person whose story this could be of like growing up in poverty like having a life where you couldn't afford christmas wanted to celebrate the holidays and just decided to like sort of compartmentalize it because it wasn't something that you could access and then as an adult being able to like tap into that and sort of having this like childlike uh this ability to sort of like tap into the like joy of it but it's also he's like singing it a like metal version of it i just found it very charming he's still a man nicole yeah (laughs) okay good point good point i know it's you know capital um capital m man um and then brian surprises uh melissa with some cookie baking because that's a tradition that she's missing by being forced to be in mistletoe maine right um so he takes her for one thing this hotel kitchen is uh, gorgeous it's like this big state-of-the-art yeah 
it's like a professional like industrial kitchen yeah um but which they apparently don't need for anything like room service or anything like prep for the following day or anything like no it makes sense actually they're like we'll give these two tv stars whatever they want yeah of course so so brian's like look i'm gonna need the kitchen from about 8 p.m (laughs) to 10 and they're like oh uh okay and then i'm also gonna need you to tell me how to make cookies (laughs) i'm gonna need you to get me a cookie recipe uh look up mary's favorite cookie recipe online if you can no but uh, he called her sister oh that's right yeah to find out what the tradition was exactly and to the hotel staff he's like if you could have that kitchen just like real spick and span just like yep i will not be cleaning up when we're done cleaned as if you were selling this place um, so I have down, he made a playlist for their cookie making, yeah. which is cute. And then there's this like weird moment where he wants to know why Melissa is single. And then oh. she like talks a little bit about her pr- past boyfriends. And he's like, did you bake with any of them? Mm. It's like so weird. He and then your first. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> And then this is where we learn that Melissa used to be a really relaxed person. And then she blew an opportunity for a network show because she was underprepared. And that's the like chip on her shoulder about being prepared all the time. Now she's over preparing for a show she doesn't really need to prepare that much for. Presumably. Yeah. Um, Oh, and then I think the, the next scene after the cookie baking is on the like couch in the common area of the inn um melissa is facetiming with her sister and i I have written down that um brian is a slightly smarter version of andy dwyer from parks and rec he's just Just, this like goofy slightly slightly. he's just this like goofable goofy lovable puppy dog he like pops into this facetime call and he's like kate you're awesome merry christmas and like runs away (laughs) If it if it was Andy Dwyer, he wouldn't have had any pants on, just like the yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah, that's the difference. Um, and then that evening, he has made up a list of things that he had never done before until this week. She has made him see Christmas differently. So he's he's like Rory Gilmore making a little pro con list before he has to make his tough decision about what to do with his new show as if it hasn't already been made as you've pointed out several times well yes yeah assuming we believe the fantasy that he can just change his mind and continue doing the show with mary yeah um he's making up his pro con list and on one side he's like well (laughs) christy smell good but mary also smell good christy pretty Mary also pretty. Is this caveman person that you've adopted for his internal monologue is so funny. So Jennifer, the producer, we're still, it's still the evening. And I think we're, um, we're like outside in the, at the Christmas festival. And Jennifer, the producer tells Brian and Melissa that the mistletoe wish that she made is that they don't make a mistake. They'll regret Yes. <laughs> My note at that point, I think, was just another, hey, producer, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. Oh, my um, God. 
she is the worst. Um, so then Christy takes this opportunity to tell Melissa about the reality show that she and Brian are starting, which Melissa previously did not know about. And then I think shortly, <laughs> shortly after that, Brian and Christy have a conversation and I think they break up. Yeah, he breaks up with her. <clears throat> yeah, and it's very amicable. Christy is sort of like, I get it. Like, you know, she's, it, like, very understanding. She might actually be relieved. She might be relieved. <laughs> she's, like, she's like, this actually makes for a better show just for me. So. Yeah. No problem. Don't have to cart you around anymore. You're clearly not into it. So. Exactly. Um, so then there's a parade. And Melissa is really mad. And there's a truck full of gifts for the kids that all their call out on the show has worked. All the people have brought a, a vintage for the fire kids. truck, no less. Yes. A very, a very to nice the brim with gifts, gifts for the kids. Yeah. Um, I say I titled it a parade, but I don't think it's a parade. I think it's just the townspeople standing on the sidewalk, watching this one truck full of presents drive down the road. The sad Santa Claus parade with that doesn't even have a Santa. I don't think. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> just the there's a there is a santa in the truck oh is there okay yeah. there is yeah. yeah um lexi's recipes are added to the restaurant so a big professional win for lexi sure sure risotto now available at the mistletoe mistletoe on main yeah mistletoe on main <laughs> um back at the inn Melissa has received a surprise note to meet her outside the inn at 8 p.m. Right. Which she naturally assumes it's Brian. James. No, she assumes it's James, right? Yes, because James shows up and he's like, oh, great timing. I wanted to take you to wherever the fuck. And she's like, in her head, she's like, oh, it was you all along. Right. And then Brian is being a sad sack. <laughs> And comes out with a bouquet of flowers that if only they could have somehow like drooped yeah, and a little animation where they're like <laughs> <laughs> and he goes back shuffling back inside do, do, do. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> charlie brown christmas exactly oh God. um so yeah so they're, then... they're 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 out of sync at this point she doesn't yep. know that he's staying. He doesn't know. Well, maybe there's nothing he needs to know about her. But I mean, if you didn't think she was the world's worst television producer before, <laughs> you surely have got to think it when she she turns it into a documentary. <laughs> she sends her cameras out, unbeknownst to her star. She asks her sound guy, "They're mic'd and their mics are hot, right?" And sounds like, well, yeah, sure. And she's like, all right, cameras, I want you to get out there. I want you to find Brian. I want you to kill him. <laughs> it is so fucking dumb. They've got one camera following uh, Mary. Melissa. Yeah. And do they actually film the part where she talks to James and James is like, oh, I see there's been a, a mix up here. I don't remember if that part gets caught on film or if it's I think maybe that part after. isn't filmed, but yeah. Um, and so, and then on the other, on the other camera, 
they're looking for Brian and he's like getting the carriage ready and bringing yep. it out for his grand gesture of I don't know what the fuck he's doing. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's super cool that the producer has triangulated cameras on them as they reconcile and he like is lifting her up into the carriage and for a second there I was like, are they gonna fuck on live TV? <laughs> Because ratings shut her down. Regis and Kathleen never did that. <laughs> that we know of. At that, least that not, we not know in a rogue, rogue documentary. Oh, wow. It just, it actually literally just occurred to me right now that one of the subsequent hosts of that show, like the actual Regis and whatever show, uh-huh. Michael Strahan, um, he is a former NFL player. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Maybe that's who Blucas is supposed to be in this movie. And, and now he hosts a lot of game shows. I don't think he's on that morning show anymore. I think it's... Um, so in this <clears throat> totally cockamamie situation... This is wild. It's so off base. Um, Tyler gets to produce for real jennifer like throws it to him and he gets to like produce so i guess you know that circle is closed brian declares to melissa the thing that i think hallmark assumes every straight woman who watches these movies wants to hear which is brian tell melissa you're the one you've changed me does he literally say that he literally says you've changed me every straight woman's dream to change a man Wow. So then Melissa and Brian have given each other Christmas gifts, which is the exact same gift written in two different sets of handwriting, uh, which is the mistletoe wishes of the other, which says, I wish for Bright and Mary to continue. Right. Um, I would also like to note an observation I made during this scene from the moment that Brian arrives in this carriage to the end credits rolling we see the horse we hear horse noises for mm-hmm. you know, are there you know, any actual horses in this when movie? it's appropriate so here's the thing we don't see the horse until the very last scene where the camera pulls away and the care and the carriage rides away mm-hmm. and i'm like either that's a cgi horse i don't think it's a cgi horse because i look pretty probably closely not. But I think they could probably only afford a real horse for like 20 minutes. So they just had to like do that scene a couple times and then the horse was gone. And then they, you don't see the horse at all other than that. I wonder, did you happen to notice, can you see them very clearly or did they throw in a shot from a completely different movie? Oh, (laughs) I think you can see them. Because that might be where they kiss. I don't exactly remember. Oh, but they the, I, kiss before they get in the carriage. And like, oh, okay. Big, big kiss there, yeah. Um, yeah, that's those, funny. Those are all my notes for this movie. <laughs> yep. I, I think my last was just about whether or not they're going to fuck on network TV. <laughs> um, they do clock at, at, at somewhere around here. They realize that they're being filmed. And they're like, oh, what ho, yeah, right. how fun. They're like, oh, you... That producer is always springing fun stuff on us. Oh my god, what a kook. What an abusive relationship, hey? Well, I feel like the producer is eventually going to steer them towards some kind of, like, puzzle house that they have to try to escape. <laughs> like Saw? <laughs> yeah. 
I, I don't know what her end game is, but I feel it's not good. It's probably not good. <laughs> um, I don't. I can't like this movie was like such a confusing trip and maybe it's just because I at this point we've watched well at least I you've watched way more of these than I have but you know I've watched one of these like every other day for the last six weeks (laughs) and I'm a little bit brainwashed I'm like I don't know if anything gay could have happened in this movie oh yeah um this is a very great movie yeah like the, the Hallmark the ones are tough. Yeah, the yeah, I I think they actually. I wouldn't be surprised actually, if they have people in casting who are like, we need, we need to find someone who reads as very straight. Yeah. Because that's what our, that's what our core demographic wants. So it's, little room. They, for... they don't want any ambiguity about that. Like, yeah, there's very little ambiguity. It's really frustrating for us as hosts of a gay podcast about Christmas movies. Yeah, because because <laughs> like Lucas and Sweeney, definitely you don't feel any like queer potential in them at all. Zero. Um, I feel like Riley, not Riley. Fuck. Um, I feel like maybe Lexi. Oh yeah. Um. But she's the yeah. only one I can actually think of who I feel like there's any kind of potential there. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I don't know that anyone else. Well, Tyler might be queer. Yeah, maybe. I just don't get that vibe from him. Actually, maybe uh, Christy. <sighs> oh, yeah. Hmm. Maybe uh, Christy's we... next reality show will be discovering discovering queerness discovering you know maybe she's got a triad with lexi and oh right big city gal small town uh small town chef mm-hmm. i love that yeah i'm into that yeah why not yeah. um uh, okay, i don't know if well, there's any potential triads in this movie i, I don't really think so but I mean, the only triad I think that's obvious as as a potential is Christy, Brian, Melissa. And I think we all know that Christy's star is way bigger than either of theirs. And she's yeah. like, I don't have time for you bozos. I don't see that working. Yeah, for sure. But I think that's the only one the movie like gives us. The yeah. other if if there were any others, we'd have to like invent them ourselves, as we always do. <laughs> Somebody's got to. Yeah, someone's gotta do it. Um, this movie was a bit rough. Um, I'm not going to lie. It was, it was not, you know, it was fine. I took a lot of notes, but most of them were like, I guess this is happening now. What? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's kind of what frustrated it for me. Uh, well, we did it. Um, thanks for sticking with us, everyone. Uh, I'm going to say confidently that it's only uphill from here. Um, even though i mean tomorrow is tomorrow is our third last tomorrow's christmas eve eve scott i know christmas eve eve it's wild and Um, we've already recorded that one i know (laughs) and that one actually is a relatively clear sailing compared to this one i i easy because we watched that just because we watched that one recently also i was comparing them a lot in my mind, I think. Yeah, for sure. And uh, yeah, so uh, easy, easy breezy. 
yeah, it's it's relatively breezy compared to this one. So enjoy that, everybody. Big time. Um, okay, well, we'll be in your ears tomorrow for uh, easy breezy Christmas. That's not actually what it's called, but enjoy what what we have dubbed easy breezy Christmas. <laughs> and we'll see. We'll we'll listen to you here. Hear us tomorrow. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Nicole. Bye. You've been listening to Season 1, Episode 22 of A Podcast in a Queer Tree by Nicole Marcoux and Scott Marshall. Visit apodcastinacqueertree.com for this episode's links, plus our social media and a link to our Patreon. Don't forget to play bingo along with us when you're watching holiday movies. You can find the cards at hallmarkmoviebingo.com. Our theme music is by two Eastward Travelers. May they one day carry forth. Thanks for listening. We hope you'll join us again tomorrow, but whatever you do, we love you. Happy Holidays.